tuned into the Boxing Rad Podcast. Leave your kid gloves at home. But I'm the best ever. My style is impetuous. There's no one that can match me. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion that's ever been. My defense is impregnable. Anybody can get What up, what up, fight fans? Welcome back to episode 314 of the Boxing Rant Podcast. I'm Kenny Keith, and I'm joined, as always, by Vince Cummings. What up, Vin? What's going on, brother? Had a nice little week off, but we did miss Canelo dropping the Queen's English on everybody. We got to get to that shit. We got heavyweight drama coming across the wire right now. But in a few days, these two boys are headed to Vegas for the biggest fight of the year, buddy. <laughs> are we going to have our booth set up at the girl collection? Oh, I've already got it reserved, son. Rocking <laughs> Signing that- autographs for the fans Friday at noon. <laughs> <laughs> Rocking that Manolo drip, son. <laughs> oh, dude, if you bust out that coconut Manolo drip on the Las Vegas strip, you will have forever cemented your legacy in fucking redneck gangster history. (laughs) The drip is about to hit the strip player. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. It's a short week and a short work week has me excited to preview a fight that you get to attend. Man, it's going to be an episode of positivity, right, man? Hell no. Come on. You know how we do it. We appreciate all of you tuning in for another edition of the boxing rant podcast. Um, Just to give you all a little bit of information moving forward, um, the podcast will now be exclusively on Apple Podcast on a subscription basis only. Um, There'll be options for uh, monthly subscription and annual subscription for the show. This is the next evolution of the show. If this offends any of you, well, there's other shows out there that are free. Um, <laughs> but this is where we're taking this. And then eventually the, there will be, um, the video, uh, subscription on, uh, on Patreon and that will come with, you know, uh, different videos on all kinds of stuff, um, in shorter form. And then, uh, afterwards, uh, you know, the full version of the podcast in video form. So that will be coming to Patreon, um, soon, but for now, the audio version of the podcast on Apple Podcasts. And we appreciate all of you that have tuned in for the last seven years going into our eighth year. And we hope um, that we can count on you to subscribe to the show to keep it alive. Because if you don't subscribe, then the boxing rant going to die. Hey, hey, you've been freeloading long enough, motherfuckers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so just letting all of you know out there. Um, We'll put it all out all over the website and, uh, and social media, of course. But you're he- hearing it first on this episode. Um, so that's the dealio moving forward. We appreciate you guys uh, tuning in as always. Any questions, just hit us up on Twitter at Vince Cummings 81 um, and at Kenny Keith Jr. Or you can hit us up at the mailbag. Uh, and that address is mailbag at theboxingrant.com. It's a new day, but the boxing rant drives forward, Vin. Um, it's the main event. It's the... It's the fight that we marked on the calendar. Even this is how big this fight is. Not only is it a unification at 140 pounds for all the belts, but it took precedence over Chocolatito versus Estrada too. And if you listen to this pod, podcast, that should tell you all you need to know yeah. about Jose Ramirez and Josh Taylor because you know the term styles make fights gets tossed around all the time but these two Jose Ramirez and Josh Taylor are a match made in heaven um both with 
that seemingly the thing we always talk about, that attribute that that you hear thrown around, especially in boxing, that is given to a fighter that displays an ability to dig deep and 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 find the inner dog. Um, you know, there's there's only a handful of them in all of boxing, like have that dog. It's Terrence Crawford, Canelo, Jose Ramirez, and Josh Taylor. They fall right into that category. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and they have a nasty streak to them, and they both do not mind, uh, you know, throwing down. I got to be honest with you, Vince. My opinion about Jose Ramirez has changed so much over the last five years. I kind of at first thought he was like a novelty act, you know? Yeah, yeah he seemed that way for sure. Um, I, I couldn't tell if he was good or not, you know? And, and, and it's weird because, you know, as soon as he steps up the level of, of competition, it became really clear, oh. Yes, there is there's something more dynamic to Jose Ramirez. He's not as pigeonholed as say we've put an Oscar Valdez, where we've always said that he's kind of a one trick pony because he just goes he's frenetic Tasmanian devil speed. Right. Um, you know what I mean? But there's I, I that's Josh Taylor I've always been high on, and to see him develop has been something for me, and, and that's been enjoyable. But Jose Ramirez surprises me. I, I, I wasn't ever sure that he would make it to this point. And for him to be where he's at in his career, I think it's a testament to his development. I think moving over to Robert Garcia has done wonders for him. You know, I think working with Freddie Roach early in his career definitely made him an offensive-minded, exciting fighter. But it looks like Robert Garcia has really been able to hone in Jose Ramirez to get him ready for this fight. Yeah, you know, it's interesting with with a guy like Ramirez and and the way his career has we've watched it develop because I remember you you talking about 5 years ago watching him, you know, as he was coming up going, man, he's tough as hell, he's rugged as hell, but there seems to be some level of not I don't want to say devoid of skill, but there was a there was a a lacking of like some fundamental things that you need as a boxer to be able to reach the level that he's reached in this fight. But I think in, lately we've seen him display some of those things. I think definitely the move to Robert Garcia has been a thing that's worked out beautifully for him. I think he fits right in with that camp, and it's a it's a kind of a match made in heaven as far as trainer and fighter style. Um, and, and it's it's just one of those things that it, I'll tell you what you look at this fight and you look at the odds of this fight right now. I believe Josh Taylor is minus two seventy five. I w- I mean, to me, that's that's too much. I, I I you know I like Josh Taylor in the fight, sure, but minus two seventy five and Jose Ramirez as a as a two to one underdog. From what we've seen from him as a fighter, it's kind of hard not to want to jump on that. And, and you know, I and the the consensus in this fight is that Josh Taylor is the more well-rounded, more skilled fighter. And I think that's kind of universally agreed upon. I I see it that way. I'm pretty sure you see it that way as far as just different layers to his game and being able to to do everything in the boxing ring. Yeah. But but Jose but Jose Ramirez has this I don't this uncanny ability and he doesn't seem to be a big puncher, but when he lands, he hurts guys. He throws straight hard punches. He can come from a from a from a spot that you're not expecting him to come from. He can get loopy and catch you with overhand shots. He's just an aggressive fighter, and I don't think he's given credit for being as smart as he is in the ring. And as this fight was first announced, 
I I lean Josh Taylor heavily. I thought Josh Taylor is the better fighter. He's going to win this fight. He's going to do what he does best, which is he can he can in this fight box Jose Ramirez from the outside and win, or he could go inside because he's the shorter, more compact puncher on the inside. But there's that as it's approached, I I get this in the back of my head. This Jose Ramirez is he's got this ability in big fights to do th- to do special things. I don't know if he's able to do that in this fight, but to me, to to for him to be presented as a as big of an underdog as he is by some in this fight, I think they're fucking way off, man. I th- I think we're in for a serious serious barn burner. I don't go to many fights. I don't go to as many fights as I used to go to. You don't go to as many fights as you used to go to. I picked this one for a reason because everything about it stylistically and matchup wise screams that this is going to be a great fight. I don't know if it goes to this. I don't know any of that. All I know for sure is that this is in no way, shape or form have any chance of being a stinker. And that's why I'm going period. Yeah. These are two badass fighters, dude. Yeah. You know, like that's, that's really what it boils down to. Um, Style-wise, I just think they're going to engage, you know. Look, Josh Taylor, if he has an opportunity to box, he'll box. That's that's a, that's where I think Josh Taylor has produced these, you know, these odds of of, of almost being a three-to-one favorite, right? Like, it, it it's because of his ability to adapt in the ring. You know, Josh Taylor has attributes of being... You know, he's he's tall for the weight class. He's long for the weight class. He can box really well. He's one of the best just overall pure boxers. But he's also extremely cagey, and he's really comfortable bumping chest to chest. He has no problem doing that whatsoever. So that's why I feel that these two, I, I, I can't imagine with just the, the energy that they that they bring into the ring that this thing just doesn't just open up, and it's just a battle of, of who's tougher. I think... That's where where Regis Progray fell short in his fight, his attempt against Josh Taylor was. I just felt he didn't have that extra that extra dog. You know what I mean? He just he didn't take it past the level that Josh Taylor was pushing it. I just think that Jose Ramirez is cut from a little bit different cloth than Progray because you saw Progray at the beginning of that fight against Josh Taylor. He was styling a little bit too much. You know, he was trying to box a little bit too much. He wasn't throwing enough punches. And I don't think that that's going to be an issue for Jose Ramirez. What Jose Ramirez needs to avoid, though, is getting getting picked off. If he can find his alleys and his avenues um, and he can give Josh Taylor, you know, a little bit of side to side movement, then I think that, you know, he'll he'll stand a chance to pull this upset as the odds say it. But I agree with you. I just think that Josh Taylor is going to be comfortable in a close fight. Like, so I, I would expect it to be really close on the scorecards if somebody doesn't get hurt. You know, I expect them to both be in tip top shape. Like these guys are, are world-class operators. I think that Josh Taylor's trajectory has been, I just think it's been um, better produced. You heard Jose Ramirez, his interview with Mario Lopez and Steve Kim on the on the three knockdown rule. I mean, he he kind of like <laughs> he kind of put the bob uh, the the Bob father, you know, on the spot. Was kind of like, you know, 
I mean, I think I can kind of be promoted a little bit better. <laughs> you know, I was like basically, you know, he wasn't uh, short of words in that interview. That's for sure. I think everybody at top rank could make that argument right now. Couldn't they? <laughs> I mean, I know, I, I mean, I know we're going to a top rank fight next week and I'm going to run into these people, but I don't give a shit. Like they're doing a terrible job with some of these guys. And quite frankly, they're doing a terrible job promoting this fight. I, I, I don't understand the venue situation, and I really don't want to get into that. I don't care. It's this, this show's not about all that nonsense. I really couldn't give a shit, all right? What's more important is that they did get this fight to fight fans, so I appreciate that. You know, you, you've, you've produced a fight that every single diehard fight fan wants to see. There's not one person out there that could say any bad thing about, about the matchup and that isn't 100% looking forward to it. There, you know, th- this is one of those fights, and, and we say it, you know, you get it a couple times a year in boxing. Uh, we may have just lost one in the heavyweight division, which was which was going to be a full unification, uh, which we'll talk about later. But we're getting this one. There's a possibility that we get three full unification fights this year, depending on if Canelo fights Caleb Plant later in the year. That's unprecedented in the sport of boxing. I don't believe. There's ever been more than two in one calendar year. I know for a fact there has. If there's been three, then I missed it. And it certainly was before my time as a boxing fan. So this is, you know, this is something special. The other ones aren't aren't a given. This one is a given. This is the one we are getting, and we know 100% sure we're getting. And it's four or five days away now. So, you know, as a boxing fan, I could not be happier that we're going to be there. I could not say enough about either one of those fighters. And when you, they're, they're a box, both guys are a fucking boxing fans dream. They, they just produce every fight they're in is good. Everything they do in the ring is entertaining. They're entertaining fighters. I don't care about outside of the ring. What do you think about Josh Taylor? What you think about Jose Ramirez? I could give a fuck about any of that. This is all about what happens in that ring Saturday night. And for me, Ken, I, you know, this is something that you have to take into account if, if you're Josh Taylor or you're picking Josh Taylor and you are confident that Josh Taylor is going to win this fight on Saturday. All right. He's never been to Vegas. I get it. He may luck out that this is not this is not at a, you know, 10,000, 12,000 people in the MGM Grand and it's not that atmosphere. But it's not like he hasn't been a part of those atmospheres elsewhere. It's just that. You know, you come to Vegas, it's it's the boxing capital of the world. Every fighter dreams of a big fight in Vegas. Do those nerves come into play with Josh Taylor? You know, I don't know. That's hard to say. But you, that's a factor you have to think about when predicting this fight. And I know it, when, when it's a fight as close as this one is, these are the little things that I kind of try to go to, to to edge one fighter or another. Um, I've picked Josh Taylor the entire time that this fight has been, you know, on the horizon. I'm sticking with Josh Taylor only because that's where I've been. But man, is this fight a lot closer than I thought it was three or four months ago, three or four months ago. And I have very like the confidence level in picking Josh Taylor is not there. I'm not interested in placing a big wager on Josh Taylor at minus 275 against the fighter as good as Jose Ramirez. But I will pick him to win. I'm going to say a very very, very close decision, and I, we either we either get a rematch, might even be a draw, but this motherfucker is going to be razor thin, Ken. 
So I'm with you. Like I've always leaned towards Josh Taylor. Josh Taylor's ranked in our top 10 pound for pound uh, fighters in the world. And then I started thinking, hmm, what typically happens in razor thin fights when the light skinned fighter from across the pond travels to America again is the B side on the poster. Hmm. This does smell an awful, like an awful lot, like a golden boy card that we had recently. Um, and you know, I've just seen it too many times. How many, I mean, look, Kovalev against Ward, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, the only one you, the only one you can't say it about is Calzaghe against Hopkins or Jones, but he was fighting mummies. (laughs) Yeah, and that was before this show started, so it doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, but you get my drift. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I just have this feeling that because it's going to be close, there's a reason why Top Rank has Jose Ramirez listed first. That's how Top Rank, uh, top rank rolls. Those far-left AOC supporters. <laughs> <laughs> right, the squad. Bob and the squad. Bob and the gummy squad. Yeah. Bob and the gummy squad. Um, no, I just feel like that they, you know, they it just, to, to me, I'm starting to, after years and years and years, I'm starting to take the, um, I guess the conspiracy theorist approach, but it seems to be the one with the, um, uh, the lenses less foggy. <laughs> I mean, is it really a conspiracy theory in boxing to say, to say that? I don't think it is. Well, no, it's not. Um, but then <laughs> that's that's why we have to pay to go to fights. <laughs> um, yeah. So, look, I, I think that I'm going to feel like Josh Taylor won the fight. But I'm predicting that Jose Ramirez wins a controversial decision, a really controversial decision. Maybe top rank the whole time is just slow playing it. And they're like, we're not telling them there's a rematch clause and, and we know it's going to be a great fight and we'll let the first fight sell the second fight. And that's where they're going to make money. I don't know. You know, who, who knows? But to me, it's, it's, they, I, don't, I just feel like they've missed an opportunity to present to at least try to present to a casual audience, a legitimate big time fight in the sport of boxing that I, you know, it's on ESPN and I'm sure a lot of people are going to watch, but I think they're missing out on more people that could have been watching, but it is what it is, man. I don't give a fuck about all those people that aren't watching. I'll be watching. So fuck them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. I mean, I just think this is going to be a great fight and whoever wins, I just hope the right person wins because I'm tired of seeing the one thing that boxing really just to me, it's that, you know, it's that piece, it's that shard of like from from when boxing impaled you the first time, mm-hmm. you know, but you survived, but there's still a piece in there, you know, every once like, in a while you get an infection bubbles up. You got to pop that thing. Exactly. You get a fucking abscess bag growing off your chest. Um, yeah, man, it's just I, I'm tired of in big fights. The person who has clearly won the fight has lost because of whatever the agenda is or whatever the narrative is. Right. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you right now, one way or the other, um, I think all of the promoters out there were, were put on notice by the Canelo Alvarez versus Billy Joe Saunders card that was put on by Matchroom in Dallas, Texas. Don't you think? Because that's really where it goes from, from this fight with Jose Ramirez and Josh Taylor, doesn't it? 
I mean, um, it's certainly a, a, a weird, strange look to have had that massive event and then go to this sterile environment where 500 people are going to be there. It's this crazy thing just a couple weeks ago watching that just mammoth, that fucking event that Matchroom put on. and They knocked it out of the park. Yeah, I mean, dude, they know how to put on a huge event like that. And don't think that other fighters aren't aren't watching right now. I think what Canelo is doing, yes, there's been the conversation about Canelo carrying the sport forward right now. He's, he's lapping the field, people are saying, right? Mm-hmm. That's what Canelo is doing right now. But not only is he a buoy or a life raft for the sport of boxing right now, but do you understand? I don't think people are talking enough about the upheaval that this may create with fighters and their promoters saying, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? And then the promoters are going to look back at the fighters going, what the fuck are you doing? Nobody even hears from you for six months. Right. You know, I think that there's going to be some serious impasses with marquee fighters and their promoters. And I think you're going to see more than ever, especially with Triller joining the field. Fighters are going to sign one one fight deals, and that's what they should do. If if they can capitalize financially, will that hurt matchups? Probably. Yeah. People are going to take the you know the pathway of least resistance. But you know what? I hate to say it, man. Like that's the direction. That's the way of things. Uh, we can't keep you know fucking rebooting. Um, you know the the set from ESPN you know, Friday Night Fights from 1996, right? Nope. No. And, 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 you know, for for one, I'll say this. It was absolutely fucking awesome to see a packed arena, to have that big, like that legitimate big fight feel that that Canelo fight had. That was awesome. I mean, that besides the fight that that made the night for me, it was like, finally, it felt like, a, you know, big fights were back. I don't care about how big a fight was when it's in a sterile environment. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm there for it. I'm still going to watch, but it doesn't have that that big fight feel. And and I missed it, and I didn't realize how much I missed it until, like you said, that Canelo walkout, and you went, and this is this is it. This is this is why this is part of the reason why I show up. You know, I grew up watching WWF and all these fucking grandiose entrances, and that's the shit. That's part of it for me. All of that. So I want that as part of the experience. And seeing it again was fucking outstanding. And, you know, again, I, you know, we, we didn't do a show last week, so we missed out on it, but I'm sorry, man. Canelo Alvarez just continues, continues to impress me as a fighter. I know people are going to say, oh, he only threw fucking, he better, better get that punch out, put up 26 punches around this, that, and the other. That's fine. I I agree. That's, that's a, that's a, you're talking about a light punch output at 26, but when you throw 26 punches with as much meaning as Canelo Alvarez throws them, it seems like he throws 60 punches around. You don't pay attention to it when you know every punch is this loaded, timed, brutal counter punch. He's just becoming such a destructive, destructive fighter to watch. I, I you know, he has, I, I'll put it like this. We did our pound for pound list last year. We put him at number two. He's going to number one next year, Ken. He just he's got to. You just can't not have the guy there for what he's doing this year. And I get it. He's doing against fighters that I have been the first to tell all of you that these white boys ain't that good. And they just ain't. And Billy Joe Saunders was proven to be that, in my opinion, this pat or two Saturdays ago. Did he fare okay in spots? Yes. 
in spots where he was able to be like, I can kind of keep this guy off of me for a little bit if I move around and throw a couple pity pat jabs and, and a left hand out there every once in a while, and maybe I'll have some success. But if you were watching it, you realize Canelo was just setting him up, setting him up, setting him up, and he kept dipping down to the right. And he just timed him beautifully and just literally fucking broke the man's face and maybe he legitimately could have ended the guy's career with one fucking punch. I mean, that 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 is destruction right there, dude. Yeah, he, he may as well have put his cheekbone on a deli slicer, you know? Yeah. Like, because that entire piece was, like, removed from his eye socket. He had four breaks in his eye socket from, uh, from that just vicious, vicious shot that Canelo hit him with. No, I agree with you. I think he's peaking right now, you know? Um, and this is the thing that 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 people... You have to look at it. It doesn't matter who the opponents are. What's being cleared up for us right now is the is the very reason why I think there's a zero percent chance that Caleb Plant can beat him. Is you have to offer him something, and that's the reason why. Doesn't matter who you feel won the two fights between Canelo and Golovkin. That's the reason why Canelo struggles with Triple G more than any fighter, and he always would unless Triple G is compromised. Because if you can hit back at Canelo accurately and hit him with some power, he cannot come at you like that. He just can't. It just doesn't... It it, it throws off the entire game plan. And what, outside of the recessive gene that all these whiteys have in common, <laughs> the other thing that they have in common, and the X factor is, None of them can punch. No. None of them can punch. I hear all this talk about how slick Caleb Plant is. Mm. Canelo may be fighting like Mike Tyson in 1987 right now. I get that. Like, that's that's kind of his style right now. He's just coming at you and looking to kill you. Like, that. but that's because nobody has... He doesn't have to use what he had to use against... Triple G, you know what I mean? He didn't have to use all that upper body movement and head movement, right? Like there was no return fire. And it's difficult to, to for me to lend the credibility to Caleb Plant necessary to beat Canelo because there's nothing on Caleb Plant's resume that shows me that 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 his power, I would say it's probably less than Billy Joe Saunders. It's it's right it's right on that level anyways. I mean Is it significantly I, better? No. No. No, but how are we supposed to gauge that? Based off of Caleb uh you know, Caleb's resume. Like how like how are you supposed to look at Plant's resume and be like, oh, oh yeah. Yeah. That's a, yeah. it's the same thing I said about all these other guys, Ken. They they just haven't been in the ring with anybody that is even close to Canelo's level. So you're just going to step in with a Canelo Alvarez and be ready on that night. You, you don't need to have even, even approached that level before then. You're so good. You knocked out all these stiffs. You beat all these guys that were, you know, B-level, C-level fighters. You're going to step in with the best in boxing right now and, and be effective just because you've seemed slick against these guys that aren't that good? No. You always have to look at a fighter's opponents 
in a fight like anybody fighting a guy like a Canelo Alvarez or the best fighters in boxing, when somebody's stepping up to that level, you have to look back at who they fought. That yeah. makes a difference. I don't care if they look outstanding against guys that aren't that good. That means nothing in a fight with a guy as good as Canelo Alvarez or name any of the top 10, 15 pound for pound fighters in the world. It makes a difference. And if you if you continue to just dismiss that and think these guys like Callum Smith and Caleb Plant and Billy Joe Saunders are going to be the guys to test Canelo Alvarez, you're out of your fucking mind, man. You don't know what you're watching. I get it if you're a fan and you want to root for your guy, but at mm-hmm. least admit that, yeah, he's not really prepared, but I think he has a chance. Like, don't don't tell me anything else other than that because you can't legitimately look me in the eye and say the guy's done something to tell you in a ring that he can handle Canelo Alvarez. Yeah, I mean, yes, you're exactly right. You You are 100% exactly right. You know, it, it 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 not not to continuously circle back to this, you know, to the Golovkin fights, but that's why those fights were so fucking epic. They're two of the best fights of the last decade. You know why? Because the guy comes with an experience level, Olympic silver medalist, three hundred amateur fights, arguably the greatest middleweight of the last decade, right? That's that's what he brought into the Canelo fight. This is the highest level. This is what we think we're going to see with Jose Ramirez and Josh Taylor. Yes. If you come into the ring with, with the path of Demetrius Andrade or Billy Joe Saunders or Callum Smith batting sixth on a, on a matchroom card. You know what I mean? And then you have this like brief, abrupt, ooh, look, I snagged a belt, and then here comes Canelo and plows you over. Like, none of these guys are ready for this. And those that are ready for Canelo, they'll compete with them. I think one of the most hilarious things in the world, it, it, it almost goes up with these people that are still out there triple masking. Right. They're still wearing three masks right now. Even the one the people that are fucking vaccinated wearing three masks. Right. <laughs> like, I'm sure Dan Raphael probably still does wear three masks anyways. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. But these people like him and Mannix that go to bat for Demetrius Andre. At what point do you realize like, oh, fuck everybody's vaccinated. Why am I wearing a plastic bag over my head? I can't breathe. <laughs> some some for some people, it's a better look, Ken. How fucking epic was that when Canelo just in his high pitched, really fast English? <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going to fuck you up, motherfucker. I'm going to fuck you up. <laughs> get, uh, what? Get the, get, <laughs> leave, leave. I fuck you up, motherfucker. Get the fuck out of here. Get out get of here. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I tell you what, motherfucker. You don't leave right now. I'm going to fuck you up, motherfucker. Dude, I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. I, uh, like legitimately, uh, I heard that and I went, "I love this guy. I fucking yeah. love him." That's yeah. all it took. And it, like, uh, and I know people are going to be, "Oh yeah, he spoke your language. Now you like him." I was like, "No, that was real Canelo Alvarez. Yeah, that's who Canelo Alvarez is. That's who he is when he talks shit to these guys. He knows that that Andre is a big of a clown as we think he. You know what I mean? Swing your fucking spotted orange dick around at all those motherfuckers. Do it. Yeah. I love it. I fucking love every second of it. <laughs> spotted orange dick. I think that's like a dessert in England or something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
Oh man, yeah, um, absolutely great event, man. It was fucking awesome. Yeah, uh, it, it was good to have big boxing back, man. Um, let's hope that Canelo uh, keeps it up. Let's hope he gets that Caleb Plant fight. I I don't care who he fights as long as it's not an Avni Yildirim like fill-in fight. I don't think that that's the goal here, though. Well, you know what? Here's the thing that scares me is you you hear you know, and I get it. Caleb Plant is going to try to maximize his money for this fight. The the rhetoric that's coming out of his camp and 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 what's coming out of his mouth already is just like, I don't know. Like, do you think you're talking yourself into the fight by saying for some reason that you think you're worth more on some level than Callum Smith or Billy Joe Saunders as a fighter? Maybe. Um, if if you are, it's not much, buddy. You know what did Billy Joe get? Five and a half. What do you want? Ten. You're not, you're not fucking Kovalev. You're like <laughs> this, this, you know, so it, it already like, is this guy going to kind of talk himself out of it? Cause I don't think Canelo's going to like Canelo is fine. Everybody that fights him is getting a payday and, and, and he knows that he's going to have to give these fighters a little bit more to get what he wants. And, and that's part of it. it. It is what it is. That's, that's, that's what the cash cow of the sport has to do. Floyd did it for years. Everybody gets their golden ticket when they fight Canelo. Just don't be too greedy, Caleb. Like, you're going to get fucking money. Don't talk yourself out of it because you want 12 or 15 million. Don't be that stupid. Well, I mean, that would be the PBC playbook, though, right? Well, you know, yeah, the PBC now, it's hilarious watching uh, Sean Porter's dad talk about, yeah, well, top rank doesn't want to, you know, didn't want to offer us any money for the fight. Well, if you want to fight him, why, why can't Al? Why can't the PBC <laughs> offer... Yeah some money to make the fight is or it's only top rank's gonna have to pay or else you're not doing it so what is top rank is the only people that get profits like wouldn't somebody else want to invest in that i never understand this where people see this and they're like yeah see he's ducking and it's like well hold on they can make an offer (laughs) yeah i mean what the fuck uh who knows man who fucking knows what's going on there you know this fucking uh this uh, anthony joshua tyson fury thing like these random leaks of almost things happening for the last year. It's been the worst kept secret. It's like both fighters feel like it's almost like a four. It's like this inconvenience at this point. You know what I mean? Like that's what it's kind of feeling like to me. Like it shouldn't be this fucking difficult. And why does it have to be so like, I don't know, just it's, it's been weirdly public and now I'm supposed to believe I mean, I don't uh, that that this is official for August fourteenth in Saudi Arabia. I I'm not an expert, but I don't know if the weather is uh, maybe it's spring in August <laughs> in Saudi Arabia, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like that doesn't sound. But then again, they do have like indoor like ski hills and stuff like that where you can actually ski on snow and stuff over in the Middle East. So uh, you know they've been able to develop. <laughs> develop ways to keep things cool but you know i don't know man i i I just get this weird vibe about it does it seem like nobody's excited about it i just the whole thing is what is there to get excited about like there's nothing to get excited about there there never really has been other than this carrot that's dangling that they're gonna say you know eventually we're gonna get to this announcement and it's gonna be legit and the day they finally get like tyson fury on board and he's you know, on Instagram announcing, I talked to the Saudi prince and he assured me that the money is guaranteed. And 
The fight's on, baby, August 14th. The, all eyes on us, and blah, blah, blah. And, and then an hour ago, we see coming across that the arbitrator for Fury Wilder has ruled in favor of Deontay Wilder, and he must, Tyson Fury must fight Deontay Wilder by September 15th of this year. So what is all of this? <laughs> where where the fuck are we right now? And there is no appeal. Like I don't I'm almost positive they cannot appeal this arbitrator's ruling uh, unless you can like somehow point out there was some kind of corruption involved, which I don't see why there would be. It's boxing. Well, what would be the penalty though if they didn't? Would he have to vacate the WBC title? I, I I don't know what the penalty is. He's legally binded to it, so you're either going to have to pay the sued. yeah you're going to get you're going to get sued by Wilder or you're going to pay him some step aside money and he's going to allow you to fight Anthony Joshua while he gets a little tune up fight in the meantime and then he is guaranteed the winner of that fight. But here's the issue with that is wasn't AJ Fury already signed as a two fight deal too guaranteed two fight deal correct? Well, that's when it was signed the twelfth time ago. Oh, that was. Yeah, that was that was a while ago when they announced that they were getting ready to sign and and negotiate that it was yep, yeah and, 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 getting ready getting ready to sign. I remember that. <laughs> I remember that. And 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 I'll point it back to the this Fury Wilder situation. Why? What is the need for a guaranteed two fight deal when you're signing these fights? Do it like it's always been done in the sport. You sign for one fight. You put a rematch clause in the fight where if the loser chooses to activate that rematch clause, he can. There's never really a time limit on it. He can activate it, you know, whenever, whenever the case, whenever he fucking feels like it. All right. So this whole like this is part of the problem. And now you have this two fight deal with with Fury and AJ. So how can Wilder be guaranteed a, a, a rematch or a fight with the, a guaranteed fight with the winner of 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 AJ Fury? When they because, when they've signed because, a two fight deal, it's legally binding. <laughs> it's just retarded. It's fucking retarded. Look, I mean Eddie Hearn gets you know fucking rematch clauses for Dillian White, so <laughs> I, I would have some faith. Okay, <laughs> uh, that rematch clause he pulled out of his fucking ass. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Look, I would I would like to see something new. So I would definitely like to see. Um, Fury Joshua. That's the fight I'd like to see. And I, I yeah. wouldn't mind seeing Wilder take a tune-up fight, uh, but throw Charles Martin in the ring, right? And then here we go. All right. And then the winner fights. And I don't even care if that doesn't happen for another year and a half. Let AJ and, and Fury have their, you know, their back-to-back fights. They're, and there's going to be plenty of money for step-aside fees if, you know, both these fighters are getting paid excess of $50 million a piece for this fight. Right. They're saying they're saying seventy five each guaranteed with pay-per-view right. with pay-per-view upside. Okay. Then out of that seventy five guaranteed, each fighter takes five and tosses it to Deontay. Okay? I mean, you would think I would accept a ten million dollar step aside fee. I don't know how bad Wilder wants his wants to get back in the ring, but a free ten mil, I'll I'll take that. You know, as the as the manager representative of Deontay Wilder, that's just not going to be enough. It doesn't speak to our value, then. Yeah, you better <laughs> sh- shut up, white boy. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um. Okay, so 
we think we're going to have something cool coming soon, right? I, I, there's going to be a heavyweight fight eventually in August or September, Ken. We just don't know fucking who's fighting who and when it's happening or where it's happening. Nice. Nice. So that means that Usyk's going to fight Joe Joyce, and then who's he going to fight after that? Who's who's Hearn going to roll out? Oh, he's going to get him a... He's going to get him a fight with Louis Ortiz. <laughs> it's going to be like, all right, we kept him away from Joshua long enough. Yeah. He's like 48 now. He ain't, he ain't getting no licks at that belt, son. None. That's uh, why he was signed to Matchroom, right? Isn't that what we originally said? Uh, I mean, we did say that. I mean, that's why it's like a, That's why Luis an, Ortiz was signed to Matchroom four or five fucking years ago. <laughs> right. It's not really a promotional contract it's a it's a giant step aside fee that's paid in installments <laughs> right we'll get you on a couple matchroom pay-per-views buddy yeah exactly you can feel what it's like you know chisora over here with like fucking you know tw- 28 losses and shit going <laughs> yeah that pay-per-view cheddar's nice bro <laughs> <laughs> you might even get a huey fury pay-per-view son that's right man that's right i tell you what Eddie Hearn and Matchroom, if they're doing one thing right, it seems like they got a really good pension plan. <laughs> I, I just, I, we're going to get Huey Fury versus Alexander Usyk at some point. Can get ready, dude. Usyk will knock him out in the first round. <laughs> that's not even like what Usyk does. That's how. He, it, come on, <laughs> just get ready. Yeah, Ugh, I'd rather see Usyk come to the PBC and just fight all those schleps. Yeah, you know? come fight Andy Ruiz, son. Oh, that would be an awesome fight. Wouldn't it? Awesome fight. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, all right, let's get to uh, this fight card from the, I guess it was this past weekend. It was. Happened two nights ago. Yeah, it was the great. <clears throat> it was the greatest card ever, Ken. How did you forget? Well, I don't live on the East Coast anymore, and the main event still came on way too late for me. I don't understand, man. Like, can I give you just my overall perspective on this card real quick, Vin? Go for it. Louis Neary, Brandon Figueroa, Danny Roman, Ricardo Espinosa. This is what stands out to me out of the out of the two main events for the uh, for this card on Showtime, right? Is and, 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 and it has nothing to do with Danny Roman. First, let me give him congratulations for another great performance. Danny Roman was the best fighter on this card. Period. Oh, by okay. far. Okay, that's my first evaluation. Secondly, I didn't have really much to say about this, or I. I, I was not looking forward to it. It, it just was, it was, I, I, I kind of just remembered like the night of people are like, dude, it's fucking Louis Neary. I mean, you, you're sleeping on Brandon Figueroa. Like this card stacked 122, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't think you get it at this point. Right. Louis Neary does not like he's hasn't done anything in his career to suggest that he gives a flying fuck. He's not one of these fighters I can get behind. We'll talk about hype jobs. That's what I mean, man. Like, yes, when he was, like, I guess younger and, and just, like, fighting people, you know, missing weight and fighting people 10 pounds less than him. And uh, what, he's got some roid stuff on his on his docket, too? Is that is that is that correct? He's got Sketchy. some. He's got a two or three. Okay, there you go. And then I know I don't mean to, like, oversimplify this, but any fighter that goes – and joins the Renosos with the camp that the, you know, the stable that they're building over there. I mean, and doesn't return for a second camp. I mean, fucking Andy Ruiz made it through. Yep. <laughs> right now. He's yet to be seen if he comes back. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
But that's, you know, that's my point. That's all I need to know about the guy. Like, that was not, like, to me, a guy that gets busted for steroids two or three times and can't crack with the Renosos is a guy that would rather try to find another shortcut. Yeah. That, that That's what that says to me. I don't mean to, over, you know, oversimplify it, but, you know, that's the writing I read. It's it's pretty simple, Ken. Louis Neri was a guy that was at 118 pounds, physically overpowering guys, and probably did a bunch of it while he was on steroids because he got caught a couple times. So, you know, and, and, and none of his performance, like, okay, he was getting guys out of there quick. He, he looked destructive, but there was never some like grand display of like where you were like, oh man, man, Louis Neri, man, he's got pound for pound talent. Yet you hear people mention shit like that. And it's like, what do you, what the fuck are you talking about? What, what has he ever done? And go back and watch that fight with Brandon Figueroa. And I, I'll give it to him. He won the first three, four rounds in that fight. And he did look pretty good, but you know what he wasn't able to do? Physically dominate. He could not physically dominate Brandon Figueroa. And he was getting shots thrown back at him against a fighter that was a little bit bigger than him in the ring that night. And he couldn't hack it. He got, uh, look, I understand he took a body shot. His ribs were apparently broken by that body shot. Whatever the case is, it's just, I, I think that Louis Neri as a fighter was overrated by almost the entire boxing community coming into that fight i mean i i I think brandon Figueroa is a good little fighter but let's be honest okay let's just put it in perspective like this that the winner of that fight is already fighting stephen fulton later this year i don't give brandon figueroa a chance in hell against stephen fulton he doesn't do anything better than stephen fulton stephen fulton is going to shine so fucking bright in that goddamn fight. He is going to look like a superstar. And I think he is, honestly. I think he's a guy that possesses pound-for-pound talent and will and will put it on display in that fight. And it'll make you look back at Nary Figueroa and go, oh, oh, okay. That was like the Billy Joe Saunders, Callum Smith level fight for that weight class. This, <laughs> this guy here, Stephen Fulton, is the fucking goods. And, and, and I'm sorry, that's just how I see it. I, I'm not trying to sit here and say, oh, I fucking know everything I see. But I got I got a keen eye for the sport of boxing. I should be a fucking matchmaker. There's just certain levels, and and neither one of those guys were on that level. But let's, let's uh, you know, I want to be all negative here. That was an entertaining fight. It was entertaining from start to finish, along with the Daniel Roman fight. The card overall was an entertaining night of fights. And as a boxing fan, you walk away and go, hey, I got my money's worth that night. There were some good scraps. But you don't want to overrate what you're seeing in the ring. Entertaining is one thing. Good is another. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've seen plenty of entertaining fights. Uh, what was the fight we saw on the undercard of the uh, the Gurry Russell versus King Tug? Um, oh, was that King. was it Velez and somebody? Who was it? What? Yeah, it was the it was the Jason Velez fight. Yeah, yeah, it was like it was like a little fucking mini war, right? But you know, you don't rate any of those guys any more than just being opponents, right? You know what I mean? It was, it was a fun fight by tough guys. <laughs> yeah, look, man, it all comes out in the wash, and um, I'm with you though, man. It's like you're seeing like you know, level one is Louis Neary, level two is Brandon Figueroa, and then you'll get to the fucking level three boss is Stephen Fulton. Yeah, right. Yes. Um, all right. Well, I think that'll do it, man. I have to go, I have to go get my uh, Tommy Bahamas from the dry cleaner for our trip to Vegas. <laughs> I just gotta, <laughs> my, I just gotta make sure that drip is fresh press, son. 
<laughs> All right, man. Um, let's get out of here. Let's do it. All right. We appreciate all of you tuning in to episode 314 of the Boxing Rant Podcast. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Uh, videos coming soon to Patreon. Subscribe to the Boxing Rant. We appreciate um, you all signing up to subscribe for the show. Monthly subscriptions, annual subscriptions. Uh, we'll have all the information post posted on social media, um, but we appreciate all of you sticking with us and keeping the show afloat. Um, a new epic podcast a journey is on the horizon for Vince and the Ken Man here. And we'll have more information and we'll tease that um, coming forward. But the TBR goes behind a paywall. So if you want in, knock three times and say the password. Okay? That's New England Clam Chowder. <laughs> is that the red or the white? I can never remember that. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, So, yeah. So we hope you guys will join our new uh, TBR world. Uh, Follow us on Twitter for the latest from the Boxing Rant at Vince Cummings 81 and at Kenny Keith Jr. Hit us up mailbag at theboxingrant.com and drop by the website theboxingrant.com. So we'll see you next time uh, with the post fight from Jose Ramirez versus Josh Taylor. Thanks for tuning in. To the Boxing Rant Podcast. But I'm the best ever. My style is impetuous. There's no one that can match me. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion there's ever been. My defense is impregnable. Anybody can get it.